Hi there and welcome back to Brass Tacks, our video series on taking your biggest questions about moving from ideas to action. I'm Nicola Chin, founder of Up With Community, a practice for getting in touch with our personal power for change. Today I am very excited to be sitting here with Mr. Devon Hall, Executive Director of Rural Empowerment Association for Community Help, uh, a really powerful organization in Duplin County that is focused on community empowerment and, and helping the health and livelihood of generations to come. So I, uh, I wanted to sit down with you because every time that we meet up in meetings, you teach me something new about the work and I learn something new about the work just through our conversations and hearing stories. And um, I really wanted to share some of that with other folks. Um, I'm really inspired by the work that y'all are doing. And um, yeah, why don't we just start with telling folks a little bit more about what you're up to in the world. Uh, well, you mentioned learning again. You know, my name is Devon Hall, and I'm co-founder actually also of we call Reach, and uh, Reach was founded in 2002 to address economical, social, and environmental needs and issues in and around Duplin County. Uh, Duplin County, North Carolina, being uh, known as hawk capital of the world. The problem also uh, that we face is, is uh, we, 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 it, it's power structure and, you know, racism uh, in, in ways that people wouldn't really believe, you know, uh, in the 21st century. Um, and one reason why I do what I do is because I was born, I was born and raised here in Duke County. And, uh, I've traveled a little bit across the world, and to me, there's no place like Duke County. There's home. You know, I have five adult children and uh, and six siblings. You know, all that live in Duke County now. So, uh, I have no desire to live anyplace else. Uh, and with that being said, I want Duke County to be the best place in the world to you know, live, especially with my children and grandchildren. I grew up hunting and fishing, you know, uh, as a young boy in, in Dubna County. And I remember the first sign of uh, anything about the environment that uh, that struck me that I couldn't answer. I remember one of my favorite fishing holes. I uh, got off from work at 8 o'clock one morning and ran home. I got home and grabbed my tackle. Went down this to the river and began to fish and began to catch fish. I had soils and boils on it. Mm. I've never seen anything like that before. I, of course, I I didn't keep the fish. I threw them back. But I was aware that there was a, a, a confined feeding operation, you know, CAFO as we call it, uh, swine CAFO, you know, uphill from where I was fishing. But I it, at that time, you know, this was probably in, um, the early 90s, 93, 94, I didn't put it together. I just couldn't put two and two together. But again, when I met Dr. Steve Wing in 2004, you know, uh, some of the questions, you know, being answered. We reached, received uh, some funding from uh, US EPA, a small grant, just to do a listening type project to try to find some of the answers to uh, some questions. And, and wanted to 
look out among the community and find out, you know, if they had any questions, concerns. And we found that it's amazing that sometimes you can live in an area and there's concerns that people have the next little community over and they don't talk about it except for within the community they live in. But with this listening project, uh, we begin inviting people from other communities all within Dubin County. Everybody was telling similar stories. And I mean, that really, that really hit me hard because now I'm saying, what can we do? Mm. Because it's not just enough to hear the stories, but someone has to begin to take action. Did you identify as a community organizer? And like in that way that you do now in your work when you started REACH? Or is that something you started to identify on? I did uh, identify as a community organizer because I wanted to know. Um, at that time, uh, the executive director was the Thule Baron, you know, my wife. Uh, and she's co-founder as well. And um, I just wanted to know and see, she was from originally from Winston Salem. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying this is home to me. Mm -hmm. And if no one else, you know, is wanting to address this issue, and help find some solutions, you know, uh, then why not me? And, you know, as I prayed about it, you know, you know, sometimes we look out and we're saying, well, why don't someone do this? Why don't someone do that? And, uh, you know, the question came back to me, you know, through prayer, well, why not you? Mm. And that's become my life. Mm. I mean, I wake up and I want to find answers, solutions. To the problems you know that's in Duke County. I go to bed at night and I'm you know that's on my mind you know how can we fix this and I recognize that there is no easy fix mm -hmm. and also realize that it took years you know for the industry to you know get itself rooted in our communities and it's going to take years for us to you know make some changes. Um, in 2014, uh, REACH, along with two other groups, Water Keepers Alliance and the North Carolina Environmental Justice Network, filed a um, Title VI complaint against DEQ. What's DEQ? DEQ is Division of uh, Environmental Quality. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, and in that complaint, what we were saying was those facilities was disproportionately uh, uh, placed in communities of color. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, the uh, DEQ was getting ready to renew the permits of all those facilities mm -hmm. without questions, without you know uh, addressing concerns from the community, knowing that we've been talking about these issues, you know, for at least since 2005. And seeing that these massive factory farms are being cited and placed in yes. communities of color in North Carolina. Yes. That was, a, you know, um, it didn't just stop there. We, uh, we, we put together a delegation and went to D.C. Uh, we talked with EPA, uh, Office of Civil Rights, mm -hmm. and they sent, a, a, they sent a delegation to Duke County. And they reported back to DEQ. You know, there's some problems. They interviewed, I think, around 66 uh, individuals, and all the stories was, was pretty much the same. 
So in um, I think April of last year, uh, we reached a settlement with DEQ. Uh, of course, you know, there's a whole lot of ask and all things you ask for you you don't expect to get it. But at the same time, uh, for small organizations like Reach and for the Duke County community, it was a win. That's a major win. Yeah. It's a win. And sometimes I recognize that we don't recognize when we do win because we want bigger things, you know. Uh, Mr. Cooper, Larry Cooper, uh, the REACH Administrative Director, he often states, you know what, we don't want to score a touchdown every play. Mm. If we can get enough first down, <laughs> we eventually get to the goal. There you go. I can understand that, yeah. <laughs> So with that being said, you know, uh, we strive now to keep getting those first times mm -hmm. and try to keep the community informed um, and, and, and involved. And that's sometimes hard. That's sometimes a struggle because when you look at racism, the power structure uh, in different surrounding counties uh, were in North Carolina uh, livestock production, you know, mm -hmm. swine. I mean, that's income, that's tax base, that's revenue. So the North Carolina General Assembly, you know, they're in bed, you know, that's the term we use, with big business. Mm -hmm. And uh, a couple of years ago, they they uh, they drafted and passed uh, House Bill 467, I think that's what it was, to prevent um, individuals from uh, suing uh, uh, the industry in, in the form of nuisance. Uh, I think later that year they also uh, drafted and passed another bill, uh, Senate Bill 711. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, all of that was designed to keep people of color, and that's what we believe, uh, silent and not sue. You take away those those things from from people that feel that they've been. Uh, stomped on and, and, and trashed and and in some cases has had alleyway sprayed on them, then what's the next recourse? Um, and Devon, you, you know, you're really talking about working on this edge of racial justice and in the environmental movement. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious if as you're working in the environmental movement, around the country, I mean, you really, yeah. you travel all over the country. Are you seeing at the environmental movement understanding racial justice, understanding some of these lenses, um, or are you seeing that there are some blockages and how do you handle that? As I travel around the country and when we uh, just talk about racial justice, uh, for the most part, uh, many of the groups that I'm in workshop with, I don't think they get it. Mm -hmm. uh, some of our closest white allies uh, don't really get it. How do you know when uh, someone doesn't get it? Because there's times that you know they'll they'll speak or having rallies, and I'm saying, okay, you want to have a rally in Dubin County, <laughs> okay. so you want to light a fuse to a bomb, mm -hmm. and by the time you get back to you know. Wherever city you're going back to, you're going back to <laughs> the bomb is exploding here. Because we live here. Because we live here. And we see this every day, you know. Uh, when you hear stories of, of people being targeted as they're going stores and that they're being followed. 
when you see, when you hear stories of people driving down the highway and uh, if they're recognized, their car is recognized, someone is pulling into their lane as if to have a hit on them. When you see uh, people showing up at your houses or at your, in the, at reach. And this is what's at happening. Office, yeah, this is know. what's happening right yes. now. Yeah. When you see uh, uh, the industry uh, prompting what they would call family farmers to put signs up in their yards and on the roadway, you know, no farm, no food, and, you know, as if we're trying to put uh, people out of business. Um, when you see that, then it's, a, it's clear that uh, some of our white uh, allies don't really get it whenever they want to have uh, meetings of some type, you know, some meetings in and around Duke County um, and expect people of color to turn out in numbers. Right, right. Because, see, people of color, yes, they can turn out, but then they got to get back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what will they be facing when they get back home? You know that's the scary thing, and we had we had to uh, realize that uh, in the era of the time that we're living in now, where there's so much hatred being uh, preached and and uh, and allowed, you know, in this country, uh, yes, there are people that's afraid. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so that made my work, you know, a little bit difficult because. I'm trying to educate people. I'm trying to get people to feel some sense of empowerment, but at the same time, they're being hit on the other side with, you know, uh, uh, fear monitoring, you know. Well, let me ask you, you know, there are so many communities around the country that are suffering from factory farms and and the environmental damage of factory farms Um, and other corporations, Mm -hmm. right? We may not have as many factory farms in Maine, and we still have environmental concerns and yes. disproportionate impact of environmental ills against people of color. For communities that don't have a reach, what would you say to them? Or like, what would you, what what do those communities need in this moment? For communities that don't have a reach, somewhere somehow. They have to, if they can, mm-hmm. uh, align themselves with other organizations that's doing similar work. Mm-hmm. And for those organizations that that's looking for impact communities, you you can't just parachute in mm-hmm. as if you have all the answers. You really got to spend some time mm-hmm. there. You've got to you've got to learn the people. Get into the I mean, because. Even the language, even though we we may all speak English, mm-hmm. uh, but the language is still so different. I rule. I live in rural North Carolina, uh, and uh, the language is so different. Uh, if you ever hear someone say uh, use the term "hanging out clothes," uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know and when I was hanging out my clothes, they were sprayed on, hard waste was sprayed on it. What do you mean, hanging out your clothes? Mm-hmm. You know, you, they, they're, they're saying, well, I was doing my laundry, and I put my clothes outside on a clothesline yeah. to dry. Yeah. And uh, 
again, I think also that uh, groups that, that care about people that live in impact communities, uh, if they want to help, I think they uh, also need to look close at um, the resources they have uh, that they could offer, uh, the time that that may be needed, because just to get funding for a project that's going to last, you know, one, two, three years, that that's not enough. That's not enough. That's not enough. Well, what I love, uh, what I hear you saying is, you know, if you're working on racial justice in the environment, if you're working in real communities, at some level, the answer is the same, where it has to start with relationship and love for the community itself. It can't be a process and a procedural answer, right? It's not just about the policy win. It's about how is the community being honored and respected on the ground. Um, I really appreciate you sharing these stories with us. Thank you so much. The other one thing that I would yeah. like to add is yeah. the model of the planning you use in one area may not work mm. when you go to a different area. Yeah. And we learned that with uh, with another uh, grant we received from EPA, a collaborative problem solving grant. And yes, they had their model. Mm. And we had to stand strong on and telling them that won't work in Duke yeah. County. So you had to take whatever model that you have, and you had to tailor it to the community that you're working with. And one of the first ways racial justice has to start is with listening and humility, yeah. right? Um, you know, I think sometimes in a moment, especially in the environmental movement, where so many things can be uh, ruled by a sense of, of science or policy or kind of this knowledge that's very much important but is a knowledge that's often seen as unhigh. Yeah. Other knowledges aren't yeah. acknowledged and, and given that same due and that same respect. Yeah. I really, you know, at REACH in 2007, I realized then that uh, research and science would be a powerful tool for REACH. Yeah. And uh, so we partnered with UNC Chapel Hill, yeah. John Hopkins University, and that's, that's been yeah. a, a large and that is a part of the racial justice work, yes. right? It's not seeing these things as two separate knowledges, but access for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed speaking yeah. with you today. And you can check out all of our Brass Tax videos at upwithcommunity.org. This content is provided in part by our supporters on Patreon and PayPal. So I want to take a moment and say thank you to everyone who gives. Not only are we creating a community of adult learners, we're making content and adding to our online resources to be shared across the country. Thanks so much for making that possible. Want to support the work of Up With Community? Visit upwithcommunity.org forward slash support to learn how.